Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I am Dana K. White. I share my personal deslobification process. As I figure out ways to keep my own home under control, I share the truth about cleaning and organizing solutions that actually work for real people in real life, people who don't love cleaning and organizing. Thanks for joining me today. This is podcast number 349, and I think I'm going to call it Finding Solutions for Unique Family Members. I am talking with Tamara, who I have in my notes, actually goes by Tammy. But I didn't see that before we talked. So I called her Tamara. But I did ask, is it Tamara or Tamara? Anyway, I love this one because Tamara is naturally organized. She has a very high clutter threshold, meaning she personally can keep large amounts of stuff under control within elaborate organizing systems. She has learned for herself through listening to the podcast, studying all these things, that having less stuff does make her life a lot easier. We talk about that. But what we really go into is the fact that she can handle a lot of stuff. Her family members can't. And finding that way to work together. That's what we talk about. Her heart is amazing. She wants to help them. She wants them to be successful, but she's also overwhelmed and exhausted dealing with some ongoing health issues. So she has to find a way that works for everybody at the same time. And I just, I I think it's a great conversation. I was very appreciative of her being so honest and I just really enjoyed talking about this. So I think you're going to love it too. I do want to tell you, I feel like this is a good time to mention that I will soon, and I know I've mentioned it casually over the years. Have I mentioned it on the podcast? I'm launching a certification program for people, whether they are an existing professional organizer or they just want to help people declutter, whatever. Um, I'll go into more details. It's like we're working really, really hard on it right now hopefully launching it within the next month to month and a half. But anyway, this talking to Tamara about Tammy, whatever, uh, about how to communicate effectively about these things with her family members whose brains work very differently from hers, how to set up systems, how to do things in a way that will be helpful and maintainable for them just got me super jazzed about this project that I'm working on. So I thought it would be a good time to mention it. If you are interested in that, I know I hear from a lot of people who say, I'm helping people using your strategies because it works really well, right? But if you're interested in finding more about the, uh, there's going to be a training and a certification. So those, anyway, I'm not going in right now to how all that will work together. But if you just want to make sure you're on the list for finding out when that gets launched, uh, go to my website, aslobchemsclean.com. And then in the tabs at the top or something, there's like decluttering certification, click on that and just sign up for that uh, email list so that you don't miss that. Cause I'm really excited about it. As in like, I'm about to travel to Michigan to like work like crazy on it for a couple of days with a certification adult education specialist. So anyway, this is really exciting. Um, but I did want to make sure I kind of talked about that because I feel like it goes well with what we're talking about in this podcast. Okay. Here is my conversation with Tammy. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today. Do you pronounce your name Tamara or Tamara? Tamara. Tamara. Well, I am excited to have you on and you're willing to use your name. You put that in your form. Yes. Okay, great. Thanks so much for coming on. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Like what is your unique life situation right now? Well, about six months before COVID hits, my husband and I 
decided that it was best for us to buy a house instead of a condo so that my uh, mother-in-law could move in with us and have uh, not live by herself and be in a safe environment and not be alone, which was fantastic. Uh, given what happened with the world, she was not sitting alone where we could not get to her. Oh um, goodness, yes. But what that meant for me was that I live with three generations of people with severe ADHD and I am a chronic organizer and they are very visual. They prefer things out on the counter. Um, they love shiny things and lots of things. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And when you bring multiple generations of things into one house, everybody needs to be able to function uh, and accept that letting go is an important thing. Yet we struggle with that at our house. Yeah. Okay. So tell me some things that are working well for you right now. What is working well for me personally is really embracing the container concept. I struggled for many years attempting to find the perfect organizing system that if I just found the right box and the right dividers that everything in my life would fall into place. And when I really started understanding the decluttering part of organizing and accepting my space and looking at it as a container, the house as a whole, then each room and then each drawer, it really helped me accept what I needed to keep and what I really wanted to keep. And taking that emotional part out of it for myself, just saying, hey, I can keep whatever I want so long as it fits. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> so <laughs> now you said that you are an actually a very organized person, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. So even though you were very organized, does that mean you were organizing more stuff than you really had room for? Like how, how does that, how did the container concept help you, even though you were a very organized person? I was trained by a professional hoarder. (laughs) My mother who bless her soul believed uh, that you should keep practically everything you'd ever been given but you needed to keep it organized. And if that person ever came to your house ever again, you could go find it and bring it out and show them that you still had it. And it didn't matter if it was a toy as a child. It didn't matter if it was a piece of clothing that hadn't fit for many, many years. That was how she was raised. And that was how she raised me. So if you are in a position where you are forced to keep everything, but also have to keep everything clean and tidy, you have to learn how to put things away and how to organize things. So So. you technically, it sounds like you have a high clutter threshold. Like you can actually keep a large amount of stuff under control. Is that true? It is true, but I don't want to. Right. Right. And that's, that's such an important distinction there because the clutter threshold is not what you like. It's how much you can handle. But even though you have a high clutter threshold, then the container concept came in and helped you with that. Right. Helped you get it down to where you actually like it. 100%. Okay. Because I could have an entire garage organized every box labeled. No, you know, the categories of this are here. The categories of this are here. I could go find whatever needed to be found but the quantity was beyond unacceptable and more importantly, unnecessary. Well, this is, this is really interesting. I love hearing it from this perspective because it's, it's almost like for those of us who have low clutter thresholds and yet don't have a concept of the container concept for us, it's like, we want to keep everything and the container gets to be the bad guy and we're like, okay, I don't have to blame myself. I don't have to feel like I'm rejecting this item for you. You don't want to keep everything. You don't like it, but you felt obligated to partly probably because you could keep it under control, but the container concept gets to come in and be the bad guy and help you realize, okay, yay. I, I can't, sorry. 
Okay. Now I get to enjoy having less because I can let the container make that decision for me. Does that sound like how you would describe yes. it or would you say it differently? With, with the added bonus of living with people who can't remember where things are on a regular basis, who don't function when things are put away and who, when a project is over, don't put things away. Yeah. So my job then became the professional on-site organizer that I was yeah. the one who was fetching everything. I was the one who was then cleaning up when new things are brought in the house. I'm the one who has to find a home for it. So my office area is stuffed with things that belong to other people, but I have to figure out where to put it. We're going to talk about so it. that I can find it because I don't want to make another mess. Right. You know, no, we're going to talk about that. I'm in- yeah. Tell me, tell me before we get into getting into that, because I feel like a lot of your questions that you have that we want to talk about cover a lot of that stuff, right? So, but tell me the other thing that you wrote down that is um, working well for you. Embracing the fact that completing a to-do list item is decluttering. It's kind of twofold for me because not only do I typically physically get to do something like I paid a bill and now I can scan it and shred it, or I've cleaned out a drawer or something, but it's the the physical act of getting something dealt with, as well as that mental relief that I accomplished something. So in the midst of everything that we as normal humans deal with on a daily basis, I feel that I now have these little tiny accomplishments that at the end of the day, I can go and say, I got this done. Mm -hmm. It's really done. And that made my life better. It decluttered my brain. It decluttered a desk. It decluttered a drawer, whatever that is. But it really helped me emotionally and psychologically embrace those days where I can't quote unquote declutter what, you know, the, the stereotypical thing, clean a box out that, you know, or clean a drawer, Mm -hmm. but that a day-to-day task is decluttering. So it is. And like, like you said, yes, it is sometimes is paying a bill. So then you can actually throw that away, but it's that it's the same thing because if it's on the list, it's weighing on you. It has to be done. It's in the future. It's something I'm going to have to do. Doing it gets it off of that list. Same thing as clutter. If it's laying out and doesn't have a home, it's something I'm going to have to deal with later. So giving it a home following the decluttering process that takes it off of the to-do list of your house, you know, and improves your, your house overall. I love that. That's great. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. My new digital picture frame from Aura is honestly my new favorite thing. It is a beautiful frame that displays a new photo every 10 minutes. Y'all, I'm delighted every time I walk by my beautiful Aura frame. One frame, lots and lots of photos that I can enjoy. That is a great solution for what can be a clutter problem, right? So how does one frame show so many photos? Well, I preload photos onto the frame using a super simple app that Aura has. I have also shared the app with my kids so they can add photos to my frame anytime from wherever they are. Now that my kids are all traveling and moving to different cities, this is like a mama dream come true. So we are also loading up a frame with pictures for my mom for Mother's Day. It only took me two minutes to get started using my Aura app. You can upload an unlimited number of photos, invite others to share photos directly to your frame with no fees or memberships. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best selling frame. That's a U R a frames.com. Use code clean at checkout to save terms and conditions apply. This episode is sponsored by better help projects. So many 
projects, taking care of all the things gets overwhelming. So when I get that feeling of overwhelm, I know I need to take steps to make my mental well-being a priority. Having someone to talk to, like a better help therapist, can really help. This time of year is always busy, but with my youngest child graduating from high school, we have lots of extra projects that need my attention. I know from experience that these are the times when it feels extra helpful and essential to talk through my emotions with my therapist. BetterHelp makes it easy to connect with a licensed therapist. The online platform simplifies the process. It's accessible and affordable. After answering a short questionnaire, you can choose whether you prefer to meet via phone call, video, or live chat, and you can plan your sessions at your convenience to suit your schedule. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash clean today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash clean. Okay, so let's talk about your questions. Give me your first question. So my first question is, do you have any advice for dealing with, with people with ADHD? I've been working the program for quite a while and it's frustrating, but if, are there any tips or techniques that you have found that you've seen other, other people would uh, benefit from? Yeah. Let's, let's talk about some of the things that you said earlier that stuck out to me. Okay. And that is you have taken on the role of organizer of your home. Okay. And that's valid. That's legit. You, that's the role that you play in this family and every family has a, you know, person who plays that role. Okay. Um, but let's maybe think of it instead of being the organizer, especially knowing your background in squirreling things away or, you know, putting things in spots and being able to do that. And that is a skill that you have to acknowledge that your family doesn't have that skill. Okay. So that probably is not going to be the thing that is the solution for them. So instead of thinking of yourself as the organizer, let's think of you as the manager. Okay. So think Mm -hmm. of yourself as a manager. And I always, the example I always give, how old are your kids? He's 17. Okay. So bless you. Um, no, (laughs) I'm not going to say any more words, but I wouldn't know. I mean, I love my children who are not even really children anymore, but anyway, so we, we just had a a look of understanding that went through the airwaves here. Right. Okay. I always think about, and maybe it was because my parents would talk smack. They wouldn't call it smack, but you know, if we went into a fast food restaurant and it's you know, some of them are run great and some of them are disgusting, you know, and it's harder these days, right? Because everybody's having a hard time staffing their places, you know, so the bathroom might be gross or just tables aren't cleaned off or whatever. Who is actually now I'm not, I'm not putting blame on you here, but I'm just saying like looking who is responsible for all of those things. Yes. The teenagers do the work, right? The people who are there doing the work, but who is ultimately responsible? It's the manager. Well, the manager cannot do everything themselves, right? So they have to come up with a way for these things to happen that both makes them happen and also makes the people who need to be doing this do what they need to do. You know what I mean? So sometimes they have to get creative, right? Especially when they're short staffed, whatever. So like whatever unique challenges they have, we all still expect a certain environment, right? When we go into a fast food restaurant. I go into a lot of fast food restaurants. So anyway, I I see these scenarios a lot. Anyway, so I think it's that you you have already acknowledged your own background, your own abilities, and how they are different from your family. So we, we mentioned clutter threshold a minute ago. So you have a very high clutter threshold. You don't like it. You don't want to be there. You're seeing the power and the benefit and how much easier it makes your life to have less stuff. And yet you still have a, a very Clyde Hutter threshold. That's not a thing. A high clutter threshold. How about that? <laughs> you have a very high clutter threshold, meaning you can handle more stuff. The number one thing that I realized about myself, as I realized that a clutter threshold is a thing as I made it up, you know, but as I realized, as I worked on my home, I realized, oh, I can't handle a lot of stuff, even if I want it. Even if I like it, 
even if I wish that I could, I can't handle a lot of stuff. So I had to declutter to the point where I could handle this amount of stuff. I have never been formally diagnosed with ADHD, but many people on the internet have diagnosed me many, many times. And they're very kind and they're very, most of them are very kind and very sweet. And they will say, have you ever thought about the fact that you might have ADHD? <laughs> so anyway, we're just going to go with, go at it from people who have been diagnosed with ADHD tend to identify very, very clearly with my thought processes and how I see things. Okay. Now the difference in this situation is they're the ones watching or listening to me or reading my books. In your situation, you're the one reading or listening to me, not the people who have ADHD, right? And so how do you make changes in your home that's going to help them, okay, when they're not looking for solutions because they're like, eh, I'm fine, you know, which was me for many years. I'm like, I'll figure it out later. You know, I'll, I'll do that, whatever. I don't have time for that right now. So the thing that you want is a home that is easy to manage. So thinking of what is the lowest common clutter threshold for the spaces used by multiple people. All right. So what is the, what's the lowest common clutter threshold for the the living room? Okay. It's like, as long as it's continually getting out of control to the point where it can't be back under control in a five minute pickup, then, you know, there's too much stuff. Okay. And that is, it's different for everybody. Like some people are going to naturally put things away. That's you, your family may never naturally put things away. And I I think it's important to realize they it's may not be that they want things out. They're used to things being out. Okay. But they may not want that. It's just a matter of things naturally leave their hands in random places without purpose. That's me. I'm still that way. After all these years of writing about this stuff and working on my house, I'm still the person who naturally sets things down and doesn't automatically take it back to where it's supposed to go. I am more likely to because of all the five minute pickups, but the five minute pickups is the thing. So it's, um, it's like five minutes of focus for the person who struggles with focus to give five minutes of family focus as much as you can. I know, you know, that's always can be an interesting dynamic and in, in doing that, or even five minutes for you of five minutes to put things away and then decluttering things down to the point where they can handle it. So it might mean if there is a space that your family uses that, um, and, and if you can think of a space, maybe let me know, but a space that has some sort of kind of an organizing system that you put in place for your clutter threshold, but that seems like it just consistently gets out of control, out of control, out of control. Can you think of any spaces in your house that might be like that? The kitchen really is, is that I have found that certain items can't be like in a cupboard. So my mother-in-law and my, my husband both take vitamins daily Mm -hmm. and they have to remain out on the counter or they will both forget to take the vitamins. They don't exist if they're in the cupboard. Yeah. And so I tried a basket just so they could pull everything out and all of that, but I, we couldn't do that. So I made a basket on the counter so that at least if I need to wipe the counter, I could easily move the baskets out of the way and I could keep the counters clean and it felt contained to me. So it was that compromise. Um, but then what happens is then more stuff gets added to the basket. Well, and, <laughs> and that's now, where the, and then, so that's, that's where the their, five minute pickup comes in that that's where right. that, that daily, like it, it drives me crazy, but five minutes of focus. And a lot of times with family members, it's like, if you can get it to be a group thing, this is going to be your space for five minutes of focus. This is going to be my space for five minutes of focus. This is going to be, you know, this space for five minutes of focus. And, and in the beginning, it may be you kind of directing and, and helping with that. But just in, in those spaces where you have a shared thing, just saying, okay, I'm going to eliminate and eliminate and eliminate until the point where we can handle it. And it may, it may make you sad because you might have to get rid of some things that you're like, but I could handle this. But for the sake of that space and all the people who are there finding that lowest, lowest common clutter threshold is key. Okay. And another thing that you said was you bring things into your office until you figure out the home for them. And this is where 
there's a big difference and a kind of a disconnect between the organizing of the people who are naturally organized and the way that people like me think, <laughs> and that is what finding a place can so be based on logic, right? Like, you know, logic and problem solving and all that kind of stuff. Well, that's organizing. Well, let's worry about decluttering first. And with decluttering, you achieve the purpose of organizing in that things have a home. But as something comes in, instead of taking it into your office, say, okay, if this is so-and-so's thing, this is their item. This is the thing that they, you know, consider theirs and ask them, where would you look for this first? Okay. And let that be its home even though it may be contrary to where your organized brain would think if this is something they're going to be using, they need to be able to find it. So ask them, you know, where would you look for this first? If you were looking for this and maybe talk them through that, which, you know, that from watching videos and stuff, but talk them through that process and, you know, kind of halt them when they start to go, well, that because they're trying to answer the way they think you would answer or whatever, but instead say no, like legitimately, if you needed this, what's the first drawer that you would open? you know, if this counter was clear, if, if this, you know, room looked nice, what's the first place where you would look for this and then go ahead and put it there. And then that also keeps those things from going into your room. Your room is, you know, you know, that whole, like never go to a second location, you know, <laughs> did you watch that Oprah? <laughs> we look like we're about the same age. Yes. No, no. <laughs> But, but it's that second yeah. location thing. Like, don't take it to a second location. Your office is a sec is a second location. So even though that's hard because it kind of feels like, oh, well that's yeah, but that's, what's keeping the rest of the house from being crazy instead say, okay, instead of I'm going to stop myself from taking it into my office and I'm going to ask, where would you look for this first? And then I'm going to take it there right now. Oh, this place where you said you would look for it first is completely packed full of other junk okay, what in this space is either trash or the donation that we can take out in order to make the room for this item? And sometimes they might say, well, then nowhere, you know, or like nothing from that space can come out. Oh, okay. Well then we don't have room for this item. We got to get rid of this. Wait, what? So the answer is never, no, you can't have that item. It is simply where would you look for it first? Oh, there's no space for it here. What can we remove for that? And then letting them be the ones to make that. And it feels like it takes longer, except that at that point it's done. You know what I mean? Like it's over and it's done and it didn't go into your office where then it's something weighing on your mental to-do list. Does that make sense? Right. It 100% does. And I, I, I think that I have been over helping I guess <laughs> well, with the process, trying to, trying to make it right and not, not respecting the fact that there's, that they have a, where would I take this first? Where would I look for this first? In addition, making that expectation that they should just be doing what I do. Right. Um, well, so and that's the thing that's, is figuring out what works for them is, is the only thing that's going to be sustainable. Otherwise it is you moving and rearranging. If you want them to be doing these things, then you have to go with how their brain works. And they're in the beginning, they're going to be like, what? I just ask you where it should be. You know what I mean? Like, and, and on some things that's fine, but on other things where it really is their item, you know, by doing this, you'll also be trusting them and teaching them you know, teaching them not in a lecturing kind of way, but in an actual real life experience way that it's, a, it's fine that your brain is different. I mean, you love your family. I mean, I, you have not said one unkind word and, and believe me, a lot of people in your position say a lot of unkind words, you know, people, my husband had thought many unkind things about me when we first got married. And I, he was like, Oh my word, what's wrong with her? You know I mean? Like, and so you are not thinking that, but this is a way to say, Hey, we're different that's okay. There's a way that this can work, even though we're different, the way that it works is where would you look for this first? And then actually giving it a home in that spot. And then over time, I mean, they may still say, Hey mom, where's the such and such. And you might say, remember what we, you know, 
we asked, where would you look for this first? And most of the time it's going to be in that same spot. If you really are going on instinct, both of the times that you ask that question, and then they're going to gain some momentum. And so it's not a quick fix by any means, but it is the thing that actually changes your home and works for all of the people in your home. So, and I have stopped making myself accountable for their inventory, so to speak. Right. But you're helping which them, what which is what I'm doing. Right. is making myself accountable for their belongings Well, and, by and, being organizer. Right. And through that process, I, I don't want to, I don't want to say, I was about to say, you've taught them not to trust their instincts, but I'm not saying that like you've, I'm just saying like they have learned through this process that their instincts are wrong. You know what I mean? Because right. they haven't either, they haven't ever thought about their instinct or they haven't ever been ha- given the chance to, and I, I, I hope you're not taking this as me being, I'm just saying, no, no, I, no, I, it's, it's, it has become a, a codependent relationship. They bring something in and they defer to me because I have set up the system where they should. And so that, that 100% is, is on me as far as, like I said, me ma- having made myself accountable for the homes of all the things brought in. And but you were doing a great of- job. You were doing a fantastic job. So I just want to be clear that you have done a great job, but you also, it's too much for you. So our goal is why we're talking right now. Exactly. (laughs) So our goal in this conversation is not for me to say you weren't doing it right. It's for me to say, how can you make this easier on yourself and make it sustainable for them and how their brains work? You know, that's what we're wanting to do here. Everybody that was that was exactly what I was looking for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because it's not working. Because I don't feel less stressed. I don't feel all of yeah. those things. So it's yeah me. You know, that's why you defer to the professional to say, well, look at it from this perspective. <laughs> it's all about our perspectives. It, and, it to- and the only person you can control is you. You know, and so so this is how we go about making real change only being able to control you and taking this pressure off of you, which is going to make everybody like your house more, right? Hopefully. Yes. Oh, it will. It will. And and going through that whole decluttering process with them, the whole five-step process that ends with the container concept and lets the container be the bad guy so that you're not the one having said, you're not the one who said you shouldn't have all this stuff. Instead, the, the process brings them naturally to that point where it makes sense on that, <laughs> but it brings you naturally to that point and has already built some of their trust in themselves because you acknowledged their, their instincts through the decluttering question. So they're, they've built confidence in themselves. They've built confidence that you are really, truly asking them you know, what matters so that by the time they get to the container concept and they do purge down to the limits of the space, then they're more ready for that. So using that five-step process is key there. Did I totally solve your entire problem there? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> now, well, it's, it's back on me to take that approach to remember that, but I'm also the person who has the five-step process printed out and laminated and, oh, I love uh, back to my wall. So I just need to get it off my wall and walk around with it and go, see, I'm just following these instructions. Let's follow That's them not together. Wrong. I mean, I know you're kind of being funny, but it, no, I'm really not. Yeah. It's yeah. like, this is the but process let's, let's I'm using. It together. Yeah. Let's yeah. follow it together. Like I'm not just making this up. This is yes. what I had to do. Yes, absolutely. I love it. Oh, and I want to make sure I say anybody can get the printout by signing up for my newsletter at a slobcomesclean.com slash five F I V. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. 
This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com All right, go ahead. So the next thing that you wanted to talk about. What are some tips that you would give somebody for decluttering while doing the other stuff? Um, I, like I said, I get caught up in, you know, while I've I've come to a balance with the to-do list items being a decluttering item, but fitting in decluttering while doing all the other stuff. I'm working, parenting, uh, volunteering, you know, housekeeping, all of those, the normal things. Mm-hmm. Um, but what are some of the, the decluttering tips you would you would just have somebody remember while they're doing normal day-to-day stuff? I think the main thing is to remember the five-step decluttering process and the completion of small things adds up to more than the starting of a big project. Okay. So remembering that the no mess decluttering process, which you said you have printed out, you have laminated. So, you know, this process, just remind yourself that you don't have to set aside certain chunks of time for that. Like you can literally do something starting in a visible space. That's always key because it will really build that momentum and build your confidence and build your excitement. Just remind yourself, even if I only get through half of step one, this space is better. And just knowing that and taking the pressure of finishing something off, which I, I assume for a very organized person, you like for things to actually be finished, right? You like for it to be into its pretty little baskets and containers and things like that. That's what you're used to. So say that mentality was not serving me well in this unique stage of life where I've got three generations in one house, we're dealing with just the realities of the world, which are difficult at this time. And we've been in the house, you know, you were talking about your, you know, during COVID time and all that kind of stuff. Like there's a lot going on. I'm going to say, I'm going to just focus on making spaces better. If I, if I can, if I end up getting all the way through step five, hallelujah, that's amazing. But if I stop in the middle of step three, it's still worth it. And so just reminding yourself that you can do that. And then that's where, when you start thinking of it that way, as you've sensed an awkward pause, you know, you've got a 17 year old, so he's got some sort of a obligation at such and such time. And then I finished such and such before that. And so now I've got seven minutes between I finished this thing and I've got to start this thing. Who, what can you do in seven minutes? We can do step one. You can possibly get to step four, but you can totally do something. And so like looking for those awkward pauses and finding those times to just fit this stuff in, um, really will change things. Okay. Did I solve that problem too? I'm just kidding. (laughs) I think that it's, you just assume that you should be doing more. I think that I wake up every day and, and my, the pressure that I put on myself is you need to do more. And that wraps up, wraps into my third issue, which is I actually have an autoimmune disease. Um, and I face days where my body will not do what my mind wants it to do, depending on, um, swelling and pain. Um, so, you know, I wanted to do this project that involves standing and, I physically cannot stand for more than a couple of minutes at a time because of the excruciating pain, which is wreaking horrible havoc on my emotional and psychological yeah. state because it, because it, it is completely out of my control and then everything feels out of control. So do you have tactics that you would advise or yeah. uh, advice to, to get through those times or, you know, just something else I could find as a mantra on those days. How long have you been dealing with this? For 15 years. Okay. Do you feel like it has impacted your home? 
like as far as the it's, it's impacted it's impacted everything unfortunately for me i've had the the absolute worst reactions to all the medications so um, autoimmune diseases involve in many cases taking a lot of steroids which causes a lot of weight gain so as somebody who was had no issue with that before being very heavy somebody who was very athletic not coordinated athletic, but, you know, I could go on hikes and I could go swimming and I could do all that and not being able to do those things. And at the same time, then having a kid who loves to do all of those things and who was in um, Cub Scouts and Boy Scouts and, and doing all those things, it's been very difficult. And then all those expectations, like I'm a wife and I'm a mother and, you know, I should be able to get up in the morning and make you breakfast and then pack your lunch and then take you in do all those things. And the, you wake up certain some days and the mere thought of getting out of bed is so exhausting. Yeah. And then it's that cycle of look at all the things that I'm going to fail at again today. I think it sounds like it's, it's that who you once were and assumed you would always be versus your reality of what you're actually dealing with. And that is so incredibly difficult, but we're talking about the stuff involved in that. Okay. Again, avoiding the temporary second location, you know, so many times the reason why we put something in a temporary location, we move it to a second location for now is it feels more efficient, right? Like it feels like if I do that, then I'm able to get more done where in reality, it's just, I mean, you open your office and you're discouraged, right? Because you're like, this isn't what my office that's supposed to embody my identity is supposed to look like this office isn't me. So going ahead and saying, I'm not going to do the second location. I may only be able to take this one single item to its final home and put it there and think of all the things I'm not going to get done because I have used all my energy to go do that one thing. And yet you haven't made anything worse. You've only made something better. When you put it in the second location, it makes something worse. So I'm saying, and so acknowledging that I cannot do as much as I used to be able to do. So I am going to finish small things so that I have nothing of my own making from now on or what, I mean, obviously we all make mistakes and that's not like, oh, just never do it again. I don't ever say that to people, but like, I'm going to do this so that I am not creating more work or more frustration or more feelings of, oh my word, why can't I ever make progress? I am not going to add to that. I am only going to do this one small thing along with that, acknowledging that if something doesn't exist in your home, it can never have to be physically dealt with, which then frees a lot of that physical energy that you need to conserve. And it never is going to weigh on my mind as something that I either haven't done and I wish I did, or that needs to be done. If it's gone and out of the house, it will never weigh on me again. It will never be something weighing for me to have to do in the future. And so shifting that mindset and saying, okay, I think for this reality that I'm living I will make my life so much easier. I will eliminate so many of these frustrating feelings by just not having this stuff in existence in my house, you know, and, and being more ruthless when you can declutter, when you have a little bit of strength or when you are in a space and you have that awkward pause and you're able to do something, say, I'm going to err on the side of getting rid of things. I'm just, I'm just going to get it out of here because that's just one less thing I'm going to have to deal with in the future or whatever. And really being ruthless with that decluttering, I I think will help a lot in that. I cannot disagree with any of that, (laughs) (laughs) but it's hard. Like it's really hard because with everything that you give up, you're also admitting 
I may never go back to being the person who was able to handle that. And that's hard. I mean, that's something to really deal with. But at the same time, once it's gone, it doesn't remind you. It's not there to remind you that you're not that person anymore. You know? Right. I 100% understand. Accepting my reality is accepting that part of the reality. And I don't, I, that I've struggled with. It's kind of the container concept. I mean, it's kind of the container concept for your life and your brain is just saying this, you know, just like I always say, the space that you have is the space that you have. The body that you have is the body that you have. The, the, you know, autoimmune disease that you have is the autoimmune disease that you have. It may not be the one you would have ever picked, or it definitely wouldn't be the one you've ever, you would have ever picked. And yet you'll be better off and better able to function and you'll like it more. You'll like yourself more if you accept the realities of that situation and get the stuff out that will just make your life easier. I'm sorry. And I think that for me, it's part of my deferring that everybody that I'm the one who puts everything away is that it's, I feel like it's something that I can do for them. And so I think it's wrapped up into my feeling inadequate in those other areas and then actually being able to serve them in a way that does make me feel good, but it's created a, a negative cycle instead of a positive cycle. And And my office, none of them want you to be miserable. No, no. They want me if I have five minutes, they would much prefer that I come in and, and work on a quilt or work on an embroidery piece and not clean up after them you know, not try to find a place. And they would be the first ones to say that, but they would also be the first ones to admit that they would have no idea where to start. Right. Which is what I need to reinforce is there is a process of how to start and let's do it together. Yeah. Yeah. And knowing what the, the most key things are, which is the five minute pickups, the doing the dishes gives you a thing to say, these are the things that will make the house where we can all live in it and enjoy it and will ease my mind so much. So when y'all are ready to help, I know exactly what to tell you to do as opposed to saying, well, put your stuff away instead of setting it down. Like that's ambiguous, you know, where a five minute pickup is not ambiguous. It's let's set the timer, pick things up and go put them away in the first place where you would look for it. Even if that ends up being three things, because you have to explain things over and over of how it is that we know where things go and all that kind of stuff. Even that is tangible as opposed to ambiguous which is the just, Hey, can y'all clean up around here? You know? So I think it's that knowing how to break it down in a way that works for their brains is going to help your brain, which would be wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have enjoyed our conversation so much. Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about or say or anything? Um, no, I think that that, that covers all my stuff for sure. Do you want to see the puppies? Of course I do. I do want to ask you first though, what do you love about being a patron? Oh, I love the calls. Um, I, I, you know, I can't get to all of the calls, but I love the calls. You're so, it really feels like we've all met at a coffee shop and we're, yeah. we're just catching up They're so and, fun. Uh, and it's, it's so accessible where there's not, I don't know. It feels, it feels very intimate and very private and just in, and just incredibly helpful. And I think that your focus on for the most part has, has always been like, the, what are your successes? And I think that we get bogged down in what are our failures and what have we not done? And so that reminder of what did you, what, what were the successes? And then, and then what are you still struggling with puts that in that perspective that I think is really lovely because we're our own worst critics, Yeah, you know, yeah. and I can tell you 15 things that I totally screwed up and, but having to do that, that personal inventory and say, well, what were my successes? What were the the things? And I think that that's how I came about that. The, the to do's were a huge success and, and an actual decluttering thing, because, you know, you, you look at those tangible lists and go, wow, that, I had to make a new list because I got so much done. I, you know, I got to tear that page off and, and start a new one. And yeah, there's always something to do. You know, it's, it's like housework. It never stops. Yeah. So, well, but. I appreciate that. I love those, what you're, what you're talking about for those listening is um, 
we do a monthly, except in the summer, um, zoom call where we all get together on zoom at a certain time we do, you know, evening and then morning and then afternoon, uh, where we just get to talk to each other. Cause you get to know each other in the Facebook group. Are you in the Facebook group? I am. I think I'm terrible with it. Cause it's a rabbit hole I get sucked into. So that I is, really is totally fine. Super yeah. Limit. Yeah. yeah. But, but I, I, I like, I, I love it. But it's the same it's the same ideas that you yes. know you if, if yeah. there's a problem the group is so ready to say hey here's some suggestions you know and for people who are looking for encouragement and solutions it's fantastic yeah. you know we like i said we're our own worst critics i don't need to have anybody else tell me that i'm doing it wrong yeah. but to be able to say hey i have this situation i have this item i have this scenario what's your advice and to have people respond and be so kind and so honest about things that they've struggled with. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and some people just, you know, having those, uh, the thumbs up or the heart, you know, or just letting you know, like, wow, somebody is thinking about me. Somebody read this and is like sending me their insight. You know, it's like, we're all on the same bandwidth right now. So yes, I love it. That's so great. Okay. Well, I want to see great. the puppies. So I'm going to say goodbye and stop recording, but don't get off. Cause I want to see the puppies. Well, okay. But- I would say you can interject this anywhere into your podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, the cost of the patron is $5, mm-hmm. which like I said, price of a cup of coffee at a coffee shop once a month, well worth it. And, um, far better than, than any other drive-through coffee or go in place or whatever. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't done it, do it. It's totally worth it. I'm glad we stayed on for you to say that. That's awesome. (laughs) Thank you. All right. Did y'all love that conversation? I hear from so many people who are in Tammy's situation. People who are, are learning for themselves, but they're like, my brain, my family's brains, they don't work the same way. We got to get this figured out for how we can all function at our best in this home. So I I thought it was a great conversation. I was really appreciative that she was willing to come on and talk about that. Okay. And if you would like to become a patron of the show, if you would like to apply to do one of these strategy sessions, uh, participate in those video calls that uh, Tammy was talking about, we do those every month except the summer. It's really fun. Like they're really, really fun. It's just like, I love these people and we're all together and we're hanging out and we're talking about this stuff in person on Zoom, but you know what I mean. Anyway, if you would like to know more about that, go to patreon.com slash a slob comes clean. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash a slob comes clean. All right. I will talk to y'all next week. Bye.